Welcome to the Keystone Church Podcast. Keystone Church exists to lead people towards a life that is fully surrendered to Jesus. We hope that this message will encourage you and inspire you to take your next step in your faith journey. Thanks so much for joining us and enjoy this week's message from Pastor Lauren Foster. Good morning, Keystone Church. So great to be back with you guys here again this weekend. We are wrapping up our series on hope here this morning. Before we get into the message, though, I do want to tell you a story. You've heard me talk about the newest member of our family, Artie Foster, who's a dog that we got a couple months ago. Uh, In fact, here's a picture of Artie. Do not let the cuteness fool you. This dog is the devil. (laughs) And it was really frustrating in our home a couple weeks back because it's been a challenge to train this puppy. And I was at the point where I started to bring up the conversation, hey, maybe we should look to get rid of him. Maybe we should look to sell him. And so I thought, you know what? My daughter, 12 years old, she's entrepreneurial by nature. I thought I'm going to have a conversation with her and just see what she thinks. And so I you know, took Emma aside and I said, Emma, what if you tried to find a buyer for Artie? And let's say you know, you found someone that was willing to pay $100 or $75, you could keep all the money. (laughs) All of it would go to you. So if you sell the dog for 100 bucks or for 10 bucks, it's all yours. My plan totally backfired. In fact, my wife came to me because my daughter was crying to her. And whenever Lauren uses the phrase, what is the matter with you? I know that I have messed up big time. (laughs) And so she said, why would you ever ask your daughter if she wants to sell her dog? This story has nothing to do with the message. I'm just asking that you pray for me because I say and do some really stupid things sometimes. And no, we're not selling the dog. He's still a part of our family, unfortunately. I'm kidding. I love him sometimes. Okay, anyways. I do want to share with you next week, we're starting a brand new series. I'm very excited about this. It's called Deep Roots. And the heart behind it is this. What I'm noticing in this season as a pastor is that all the tension, everything that's been happening in our world in 2020, what I believe it it has brought to the surface, it's revealed to many of us the depth of our faith. And then for many of us, it's revealed the lack of depth that we have. And the heart behind this series is this. How do we grow deeper? in our relationship with the Lord, and really, how do we start to answer the questions, what do we believe and why? I'm believing that this is going to reveal some truth to our lives. We're going to grow in our walk with the Lord as we open up Scripture. I had a pastor tell me something a couple months ago, and I believe it's true even today. He talked about how in 2020, there is more happening on the inside of us than is actually happening in the world around us. So the tension that we sense in culture doesn't compare to the tension that we could be feeling on the inside of our hearts or in our homes, and we're going to come at this subject head-on starting next week. Can't wait. Before we get into the Word here this morning, pray with me today. Lord, just thank you for this opportunity that we have to open up your Word and dive into the subject of hope. Our hope is firmly planted in you. That's where we stand That's where our trust will remain. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, this morning, we're looking at the book of Habakkuk. We're actually going to also take a look at the book of Isaiah here this morning. But we're going to look at 
a subject, actually answering the question, how do we hold on to hope when the answers that we're seeking seem to be on the horizon? When you're navigating through a valley, if you've been with us the past couple of weeks, in the first week we talked about how do we hold on to hope in a hopeless situation where it's confusing. We're not getting the answers from God that we desire. We don't know what's coming next. Perhaps we're a little bit confused. In week two, we talked about what do we do when we're holding on to hope? How do we hold on to hope through hurt? When it just seems like, God, what do we need to do to find the answers that we're looking for? And, and we're even in a season of waiting where we understand, okay, Lord, I'm doing my best to trust you and I don't have the answers yet. What's next? And ultimately today, holding on to hope when we're looking for the answer that seems like it's far off, it's in the distance, we know ultimately our hope is found through Christ. But when you've done all that you can, when you've done everything that you know in your power to do, what do we do next? And we've been searching through this book of Habakkuk to find answers through Scripture. I came across a, a clip of Billy Graham in my Facebook feed, ironically, this past week, where he was talking and preaching through the book of Habakkuk close to 50 years ago. And I thought it was completely relevant to this series. I wanted to read this to you. It's so very powerful. Here's what Billy Graham said. Habakkuk said, Lord, please tell me what you're doing. And God said, no, I'm not going to tell you, Habakkuk, because if I told you what I was doing, you wouldn't believe it. If God told us today what he's doing in the world, we wouldn't believe it. Don't you think God's given up, that God's ab abdicated, and God's left the throne because he hasn't? He's still on the throne, and those of us that know him put our trust in him and him alone. I don't put my trust in Washington. I don't put my trust in the United Nations. I don't put my trust in myself. I don't put my trust in my money. I put my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. When all the rest of it fails and crumbles and shatters, he'll be there. Wow. Let's go ahead and take a look at the word here this morning in Habakkuk chapter 3. And I love the way Habakkuk's demeanor, demeanor, his posture, his position changes in this chapter because he not only senses hope, but he positions himself to receive it. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 1. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet on Shijanoth. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. Chapter 3 is where this story gets really good. It's almost as if the pressure has been building over the last couple of chapters, and all of a sudden, breakthrough is around the corner. Very interesting. The start of this chapter, in the NIV, it uses the word shijanoth. And here's what that word means. This is the kind of approach Habakkuk had to a situation. It means a wild, passionate song. This is where Habakkuk was starting to change his approach when it came to his situation. In the message translation, it actually calls it an orchestra. And when you read through the entire chapter in the message, it's almost as if you can feel the praise and the faith building in Habakkuk as he worships his mighty God. You could even say it like this. He is praising before his breakthrough. We're going to talk about that statement here in just a few minutes. But in the message, I love what this translation says. 
says, God, I've heard what our ancestors say about you, and I'm stopped in my tracks, down on my knees. Do among us what you did among them. Work among us as you worked among them. And as you bring judgment, as you surely must, remember mercy. But here, listen to how Habakkuk is just remembering the goodness and the greatness of his God. He says this, His cloud brightness like dawn, exploding, spreading forked like lightning, shooting from his hand. What power hidden in that fist. He looks around, nations tremble. The age-old mountains fall to pieces. I saw everyone worried, in a panic, and he speaks to the faithfulness and the goodness of God. You can read through this chapter, you can see the difference in Habakkuk in chapter 3 than where he was in the very first chapter. He's positioned himself in a totally different place because I believe, and we're seeing this through Habakkuk's life, that sometimes the most passionate, authentic praise is actually the praise that you give before your answer is received. It's a praise simply based on faith. It's a praise based on the goodness and the greatness of God. It's praise for the who, not for the what. Psalm 85 verse 6 says it like this, Won't you revive us again so your people can rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Remember back in chapter 1, a couple weeks ago we talked about this? Habakkuk is so very confused. He has no idea what God is doing. He doesn't understand. He's not in control and he's frustrated that he doesn't have the answers. Very similar to times in our life, things are going great. Everything is perfect. Then all of a sudden, something takes place. It could cause pain in our life. We don't understand why. We don't see what God is doing. We don't understand it. And then many of us, we've turned our back on the Lord. We said, you know what? Forget it. I'm walking away. I'm done. I quit. Habakkuk doesn't do this. He wrestles. He embraces what God's doing. He says, Lord, other people may leave you, but I'm not going to forget you. I'm going to remain committed to you. In chapter two, he's waiting. He's faced with this choice that we all have at times in our life when we don't have the answer. Okay, God, what's next? What do I do now, Lord? I've done everything else that I know to do. What's next? That's the answer. That's the question that we're going to be answering here this morning. What do you do to hold on to hope when the answer seems as if it's beyond the horizon? You're confused. You've waited. You've done your best to position yourself to receive what God has for you. You're crying out in belief that he's going to answer and that he's going to move, but it hasn't yet happened. What do we do now? If you're taking notes, two thoughts. The first one is this. Take a good look back. Take a good look back. A simpler way to say it is this. Write this down. Reflect and remember the Lord's character. Remember, reflect and remember the Lord's character. I'm going to read Habakkuk chapter 3 verses 2 through 3 in the New Living Translation. It says this, I've heard all about you, Lord. I'm filled with awe by your amazing works. In this time of our deep need, help us again as you did in years gone by. And in your anger, remember your mercy. It's saying, God, I remember who you've been 
and who you will always be, I think back and I reflect and I remember your goodness, your greatness. God, if you, if you were faithful before, you will be faithful again. Remember when we talked about last week, the importance of writing things down? having a journal, having moments in our life where we can remember and reflect, here's the reason why. Because you need it in the middle of a battle or when the answers to your prayers have not yet arrived. In fact, I've thought back over the last year and a half, this story with Keystone Church from my wife and I. I could list countless things. I've written so many things down over the last 18 months trying to just remember all that God has done, how he's been faithful, even when we didn't see the next step in front of us. I'll tell you two major things before we planted this church that freaked me out. You know, we moved here, we knew one family when we came to this area. And I remember the first thing I thought was, number one, where are we going to have church? And number two, who's going to help lead worship? So I thought, there's no way I'm going to do it. This church won't, won't make it if I have to lead worship. And so I remember praying and Lauren and I were asking God and we didn't have any, any answers at the time, but we were just stepping out in faith and just believing that on the other side, God, you're going to be faithful like you've been faithful before. And I remember when we sat down with Cammie and Eric Viseri, and I remember Eric telling me that he played guitar. I was like, you play guitar like a real guitar, like with strings and everything? He's like, yes, and I can sing. So I was like, you can sing? He's like, I've led worship before at a church. I was like... You mean like the church, like we're going to start? And I, I just got so excited because I thought, Lord, you're, you're, you're showing up. You're, you're answering our prayers. You're faithful, even when we didn't even see the answer in front of us. And then God brought more people around the table that could sing and help lead us in worship as a church. And I'm just so thankful for the way he's been true to his word, even when it came to the building that we meet in right now. I remember Lauren and I were searching, we were driving around, I'd looked at a bunch of different options and nothing seemed to be clear on where we were gonna have church. And that's a big deal, by the way. When you're starting a church, you wanna know where you're actually gonna be able to have a service. And I remember making a phone call to the people that had been a part of this building that we're in right now. And I remember the man on the other side of the phone, he said, you know, Lauren, we, we love partnering with churches and there's no church in this building right now. And I remember thinking, oh God, please, if this is, if this is you, we would love to be in this space. And it ended up working out and we ended up signing a lease almost a year before we started the church. And I look back on those moments and I see the faithfulness of God clear as day. And let me just encourage you, please do not diminish the small victories and the small moments in your life that perhaps you can think of right now where you've noticed God's faithfulness. Because not every victory is a giant being slain. There are little moments day after day, week after week, month after month in our life where we can point to the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And let's remember and reflect because those small victories that we see that God has had in and through our life, man, those are the things that anchor us in the seasons where we do not yet have the answer. Verses 4, 5, and 6 in Habakkuk, he's talking about the splendor of God, the goodness, the greatness of God. He's doing this exact same thing. He's looking back and remembering who God is, what he's done, and he's reminding himself 
of the Lord's faithfulness. And sometimes we just have to go back through our life and remember His goodness and we remember that even when we're in the valley and we haven't gotten the answer, we can reflect on who the Lord is and be true, that He's going to be true to His character. The second thing is this, number two, we hold on to hope with our praise. We hold on to hope with our praise. In Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 3, it says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. In verse 3, it says this, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. In that passage where it says instead of, it means that we have a choice. We must choose to wrap and cover ourselves, cover our lives with praise. We have to position ourselves to praise God. The oil of gladness that's referenced in this passage of Scripture, it explains the distinctive character of the King, the anointed one, Jesus, who replaces our mourning, our despair, with new life. And when it talks about this garment of praise, it's an overall cover. It symbolizes character and commitment, the giving of a new nature that leads to a new life. It points to the ultimate truth that Jesus replaces our despair with hope. You know, there's a song that's out right now. It's a worship song. And it's the, the phrase is, this is how I fight my battles. And it's talking about putting on the garment of praise, worshiping and praising God in the midst of your battle, even when the answer hasn't yet come. It's a declaration of who God is, no matter what is happening around us. That's what praise is. And this is exactly what Habakkuk did. He had the exact same response. He looked and he recognized that what's happening around him is bad. It's going to get worse, but he embraced the situation and he declared, my God is good. He's still on the throne. He's still in control. My Lord has always been faithful. I love it. It's a declaration of faith in God. This is the type of worship, this is the type of praise that comes from the depth of our souls. This is the shijanoth that we read about in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 1. It's this building confidence in our walk with the Lord that no matter what is happening around us, we remember our God is never going to change. This is the praise before the answer. You know, my wife and I, we've been married close to 18 years. And Lauren and I, we were talking about this situation that happened before we'd even been married a full calendar year. It happened in February of 2004. Uh, we were both working jobs at one particular company and I had moved on to pursue something else and Lauren uh, got let go a week later. Well, the interesting thing was I was kind of in an in-between spot where I wasn't working and making money yet, and she had just gotten let she she just got let go. And then at the exact same time that happened, we had signed papers to purchase our first home two weeks prior. And so you could imagine the anxiety and the stress and all the unknowns. 
And I remember we didn't even share this with many people. No one knew what was taking place in our life, but we just remember praying and trusting God and knew that we, we felt led and we were, we were at peace with our decision and what we were doing. And I remember out of nowhere, people had approached us and said, listen, we were praying for you and, and we just we felt like we were supposed to bless you in this way. And I remember provisions started coming in from, for our family. And I remember companies that had refunded us and given us some money out of nowhere. And we're thinking, God, why is this happening right now? And it was clear that God was being faithful in a season where we didn't yet have the answer. And he was making a way. Small victories, small moments that I can look back and say, if our God was faithful then, he will be faithful now. If he cared about something that on the surface may seem insignificant and small, how much more will he care about and show up for things that to us in our lives matter the most? And the interesting thing is, I want to pause here because I know that if you're a skeptic like me, you could say, okay, Foster, I've I've heard this message about hope the past few weeks. So Habakkuk's situation in chapter one, he's frustrated because he doesn't understand what God's doing. In chapter two, he's waiting. Now in chapter three, he's changing his posture. He's beginning to praise God, even though he doesn't yet have the answer. Well, Foster, let me ask you this. What if I do all of these things and still I don't get the answer that I hope for? What if the Lord doesn't answer my prayer the way I believe that he should? I think Habakkuk shows us exactly what we should do. Let's take a look at Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 19. It says this, The sovereign Lord is my strength. The sovereign Lord is my strength. Why is that passage of Scripture so powerful? Because at the end of this book, this is Habakkuk's confession. You can see from the beginning his journey where he's frustrated, he's doubting, and he's confused. You can see in chapter two, he's waiting in the unknown. And now in chapter three, he's made the decision. You know what? I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna reflect and remember on the character of my God. I'm gonna praise him no matter what my circumstance looks like. And you know what? At the end of the day, Lord, my strength is in you. No matter what the outcome, no matter what the answer, that's what I'm holding on to. And I believe that many of us, we want the blessing of God, but we refuse to walk through seasons of brokenness. We want to see the hand of God in our life, but it's out of the brokenness that God gives that His greatest blessings are revealed. Because there's no doubt that pain always brings perspective. Remember, we talked about this on week one that we love and we enjoy the presence of the Lord on the mountaintops, but we get to know Him in the valleys. As it would say in James chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So where do we go from here? Well, when we don't yet have the answer to the prayers for the situations that we're facing right now, we remember and reflect on the goodness and the character of our God. We take a good look back and then we hold on to our hope with our praise. 
And I would just encourage you, it's time to praise God even when you don't see it. It's time to praise God even when you don't feel it. When you cry out to Him, when everything around you, you don't understand, you don't have the answers, you don't see the path making itself clear, you hold on to the character and the goodness of our God. What do we do when we're in the valley? When you're holding on to hope, when the answer seems like it's on the horizon, you embrace the Lord. Reflect and remember and hold on to our hope with our praise. No matter what the outcome, God is good. If we place our hope in Him, regardless of our circumstance, we will change and we can rest in knowing that He will never change because He's always faithful. Thanks so much for listening to this week's message. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can be notified each week as soon as a new sermon is available. We would love to connect with you on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Keystone Church or over on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Keystone Church PA. And of course, for more information, you can visit our website at keystonechurchpa.com.